Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Much of who you are and much of where you are in life is the result of the relationships that you have. About three years ago, a matter of fact, it was three years ago on the 8th, my wife and I became the campus pastors here, and I remember having a conversation with Pastor Wendell, and we were talking about the new year, we were talking about goals, and he made this statement to me that I thought was really good, and here's what he said. He said, the things that will most impact where you are this time next year will be by the spiritual encounters you have with God, the books you read, and the people that you do life with. Now, I've heard a lot of different takes on what it means to have a great year and how you focus on this and how you focus on that. But when I really sat back and thought about the words of of this man of God who has tremendous wisdom, I was reminded of the fact that, you know what, most of who I am in Jesus is because of the moments that I have had with Jesus. Whether it was in a church service, at an altar, at a camp, driving in my car, most of, if not all of the great moments with God have happened and it has made me who I am. But then I started to think about the books I read. And if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, pastors are really good about putting books in their office on the shelf but not reading all of them because there are so many of them to read. And you find yourself, and does anybody just have books that you have at home that you've had forever and you still have not read them, show of hands? Awesome. You guys are a great, honest bunch. And I am so thankful that you are a part of this church. I guess you attract who you are. I love you. It's like you have all these books. It's like I made a New Year's declaration this year. I am not buying another book until I read the books that are actually on my shelf. Because at one point, it was important enough for me to buy that book. So I should probably read that book. But if you think about it, you get to read the words of wisdom of those that have heard from God or that have experience in something. So I could grow and be a better person a year from now by the books I read. But also, it's with the people that you do life with. Who you choose to have around you, who you have encouraging you, who you have challenging you, who you have in your life that has full access to everything that you are is so vitally important to the spiritual growth and to the person that God is desiring for you to be. Think about it. If God would have said, you know what? I'm gonna put this person together like he did when he created man and woman, and then he would have said, you know what? And they don't need anybody. I'm going to create them to be able to do anything they want on their own. God would have done that. But God did not do that. Matter of fact, when it came to man, God was creating a whole bunch of stuff as we, most of us read because we started the Bible in a year project or, or program. And so you, you saw in Genesis that God created everything. But when it came to man being alone, God said, uh-oh, this is not good. Not only for relationship, but also too for friendship. See, if God would have said you're good by yourself, he would have left it at that. But we see scripture upon scripture upon scripture, which we'll talk about today, where God says, no, you can't be who you can really be without the help of other people. You know, it's interesting to me that while we live in a world where technology aspires to connect people with each other, more people are really disconnected from true relationships more than ever. Have you ever noticed that? It's like we have all these amazing tools to stay connected, yet for the most part, we're mostly just like this, kind of in our own little world, even while the world is happening around us. Now, I get it. You could use this thing, and you could begin to text people and connect with people, but notice how many times we think something really connects, 
And then we start to determine that, you know what, I'm, I'm really not connecting at all. It's also interesting to know that it is pretty common in life that as you experience some relational hurts along the way, you actually end up becoming a less relational person. Have you ever noticed that? When life begins to hit you around a little bit or somebody lets you down because you put them on a pedestal that they couldn't even stay on top of. And so what happens is they don't meet with you when they said they would meet with you and they don't come through when you're having a bad time and you all of a sudden get hurt by them. So what happens is, is you put your hope in someone, they let you down a couple of times and then you say, you know what, here's the deal. I'm going to guard myself now. I'm not going to put myself out there for anyone because when I do, it seems like I'm the one who ends up getting hurt. So what happens is, is because of that, it's very easy to become self-focused. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll just do me. If I could be candid here for a moment, like I feel I am every week, some of you have let life completely pull you away from friendship and relationship, and you wonder why you're not growing in anything. It's one thing to know, okay, I know I'm lonely because I isolate from everyone. But for some of you, your spiritual growth and who you are in a person is being halted because you've decided to isolate yourself. When's the last time, take inventory real quick. When's the last time you met with a friend for coffee, for a meal, for a quick drive, just to shoot the breeze? I'm not talking about your spouse or the... Re- who is someone in your life where you have said, you know what, I'm going to make it a point and a purpose this week to grab a cup of coffee with real quick? Take some inventory. When's the last time you did it? So ooh, some of you like to answer right out. Ooh. See, a lot of us, week after week after week after week, isolate. And we wonder why things aren't changing. You know, sometimes your joy can be tied to spending time with somebody. Now, don't get it twisted. People aren't the source of your happiness. Jesus needs to be the source of your happiness. But sometimes when you're having a really down day, the best thing you can do is call a friend and get around someone. But what happens is is we begin to isolate ourselves. But the scripture reminds us that a lack of meaningful relationship is harmful in lots of ways. Look at Ecclesiastes 4.8. There is one alone without a companion. He has neither son nor brother Yet there is no end to all his labors, nor is his eye satisfied with riches, but he never asks, for whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This is all vanity and a grave of misfortune. In other words, he's working, he's doing life, he's toiling, but his relational life isn't working. And so the writer here says, some would say that it was Solomon, would say, hey, look, here's the deal. I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm doing it by myself. And then he simply says, what's the point? What's the point of doing absolutely everything, but not connecting with someone? You see, I believe you were designed by God to live a relationally vibrant life. And because that's by God's design, what is in your best interest, the enemy begins to work really hard to hinder you in the aspect of it. He whispers all kind of excuses in your ears like, you're not outgoing, so don't even try. What what, what if you initiate and it doesn't turn out well? How, How about this one? It's too risky to be vulnerable with people. Some of us have fallen to this one. You've been hurt before. It's not worth it. And this one for me is the, is the clincher because I, I have fallen into this before. 
This is what the enemy would come and say. He'd come and say, you're way too busy for relationship. Has anybody ever heard those lies when you're thinking about venturing out and beginning to live life with people? You ever heard those lies sneak up? The reason it comes is because God is the opposite of that. I think we know this to be true. Anytime God says something in his word, it is the enemy, the devil, the red guy, whatever you want to call him, it is his job to do the complete opposite and to say the opposite, to come and take the word that was sown and rip it off. So people are being ripped off of joy, wholeness, complete, and help because they buy into the lie that, you know what, I can't be vulnerable. I am too busy. I've put myself out there before and someone's hurt me. So what happens is, is we put up these walls and we don't. It's just about me. You see, here's the thing. The very fact that the enemy works so hard to hinder you in your relational life should tell you something, if you think about it. Because we all know he's a thief who's come only to steal and to kill and to destroy. See, I don't think I have to say this as a newsflash because you guys are very intelligent people, okay? There are no perfect people. Have you noticed that? Like at all. They're just not there. If you're waiting for perfect people to come along who are worthy of your building a relationship with, you're going to be waiting a very long time. Everybody has issues. I have issues. You have issues. We have issues. We're messed up. As they would say in the 209, we are tore up from the floor up, right? Some of you are like, what? It's okay. It's, it, thank you. There you go. I was hoping Timmy would like really go off on that one, but he didn't. So... The truth is, we, we need each other. C.S. Lewis wrote this. I thought it was really good. He says, friendship is born at the point where one person says to one another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. I think we would find out that the more we begin to build relationship with talking people, the more that we would begin to realize we have a lot more in common than we think. One of the things that happen as a pastor is you get the opportunity week in and week out to really see how true friendship works, to see what life really looks like. I, I think the, the role of a pastor in, in what we do is, um, yes, I realize this is maybe 35 to 40 minutes of my time weekly, and yes, it's hours upon hours of, um, of study and preparation and praying and all that stuff, but really what I get to do and what Vanessa gets to do and we love doing is we get to build relationships with people. And as you begin to do that, and as you begin to put yourself out there, you begin to see things take place where you just begin to go like, man, I love the body of Christ. So this past week, I, I went over to Bakersfield because I had the opportunity to sit down in a video meeting with a gentleman who was actually getting ready to pass away. He was 62 years old, and about 25 years ago, I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but he had a bone disease where it began to actually uh, take, take his bones and... and Gone. 65 surgeries this man has had. Four hip replacements. Every bone from shoulders all the way down at one point or another being replaced because of this disease. And what had happened was, is about a week and a half prior to that, with all the doctor's visits and all of the medication and everything that he has to do, he had finally decided that, you know what? I'm 62 years old. I've lived a great life. I'll give you some perspective on that in just a moment. I've been married for, I believe it was 39 years he had been married. He was retired. 
And he said, you know what? I have peace about going home and being with Jesus. So I got the phone call and I got asked to go over and to spend some time and to sit in the room while this video was taking place because he actually wanted to take his story and get it on camera so that it could one day be used to help somebody else come to know Jesus. But more specifically, he actually really wanted to talk about what it means that when you're going through a hard time, that you could still be a blessing to other people. So I remember I walked into this room, and as I walked in, this gentleman was sitting in, his, in, the, in the chair that was made for him. His legs were gone from the kneecap up, but as I saw that and then I looked at him, his shirt was nicely pressed, had a nice little sweater on like Jason, looking all cozy on a Sunday morning. A little bit of Mr. Rogers going on. I mean, it was, it was really good. So, okay, you got the hair flip, so it kind of brings you into a new era a little bit. And so I walked in, everything's pressed, and he's looking nice. And this gentleman, I mean, his hair was done, his glasses were on. He was so ready to film this moment, so prepared. So I remember when I saw his, his legs, it was the first time I've ever met this guy. I looked up, and I saw this smile on his face. Now, knowing the backstory, knowing that he's probably only got about 10 days to live, I would not expect that to be the look of a man upon walking into this video. So it was amazing. So I walk in, and Pastor Wendell, who's known this gentleman for a lot of years, he's a part of our network, a board member, just an amazing, amazing man. The more I begin to research him, because sometimes Facebook is really good for that, I begin to see that, oh my gosh, man, this guy is a legend in the faith. And he's been that way for decades. So they begin to ask questions and they begin to talk. And the more and more that he began to talk, the more stories that begin to come out, I begin to realize that even in the midst of a very, very hardship of 25 years of a disease rotting away your bones, this man did everything he could to keep himself out with people in his purpose, teaching Bible classes at the church on Sunday mornings, in his wheelchair, rolling in, talking on the idea of God heals even when his body wasn't being healed. Think about that for a moment. He said this one thing, Pastor Winnow said, what does what, what your prayer life look like in the, in the stretch of all of this hard time as this, this disease is tearing away at your body? And here's what he said. It, it blew me away. I wrote it down in my journal. I'll never forget it. He says, you know, I don't really pray about me much. He says, you know, I realize that God doesn't need me to repeat every single day that I need to be healed. I prayed it once. He heard me. If God wants to heal me on this earth, he will. He says, but what a lot of people don't understand is the Bible declares that upon reaching heaven, you get a new body. So maybe for me, my healing takes place when I look at the face of my Savior and I enter heaven. He says, a lot of people don't like to talk about that. So imagine sitting in this room hearing that perspective. He says, if God healed me right now, I'd shout for joy. If God healed me over time, I'd shout for joy. But if I die tonight and I go to heaven, healed. I mean, amazing perspective. So he says, I don't really pray for me. He says, I pray for those who are hurting, who are sick, in need of a healer. At a time where he can be so selfish, he said, I refuse to. So the more and more he began to talk, the more stories that came out, the more and more this, this, this trend or this thing kept repeating. I spent my life with people. I did not isolate. I did not retreat. I did not feel sorry for myself. I simply said, I want to be a blessing to other people. 
and he put himself out there, and he kept it in front. I want you to look at the words of 1 Peter. Matter of fact, we'll look up together. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. How many of you guys are thankful for that? Be hospitable to one another. Uh-oh, watch here. Without grumbling. Uh-oh. Next verse. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As God's stewards of the manifold grace of God, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. As you read that scripture, what's the theme? The theme is, is that we have something to offer to other people. If it's speaking to them, speak to them. If it's praying over them, pray over them. It's something that we all have within each other. You know what would be really, really awesome? You see that number on the, on the bottom side? If someone in this room got sick, that you would actually use that and say, I need prayer. It'd be awesome. If you go to the hospital, it'd be really cool if you would tell the paramedic, can you grab my phone? I need to text somebody real quick because I'm going to the hospital. It would be really awesome that if you got in a fight with your spouse, and we all do, right? She wins every time. It's always me. That was intentional. Not in there, but intentional. It would be awesome to say, hey, could you use some prayer for that? If you got a birthday party coming up and you're afraid no one's going to show up, it'd be really cool for you to text that phone number so you're not alone on your birthday. It would be really great if God spoke something into your heart to do that you had someone to reach out to to say, I feel God calling me to do and you can fill in the blank. What am I saying? I'm saying what 1 Peter 4 is saying, that if you have something good to give to somebody else, that you would say, hey, I'm in, instead of keeping to yourself. Your relationship with people and what you can add is so important, and I want you to hear this. The best version of you is on the other side of godly relationships. Notice I had to throw the word in godly. Say, why would you do that? So we understand it properly. Now, we're going to talk about what it means to be in the world but not of the world. We're going to talk about what it means to be an influence to those who aren't godly. But I'm saying, as a believer, the best version of you is on the other side of someone who loves Jesus who will pray with you when you need prayer, who will weep with you when you're weeping, who will take your burdens, take them on as well, and walk you through them. It's the best version of all of that. Relationships are important. Am I, am I getting that across today? You notice what the Bible says in Colossians 2.19, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with increase that is from God. See, when talking about relationships, the Bible uses the analogy of a body. The Apostle Paul is saying that as you hold fast to Christ, remember to nourish the connection points of the body. 
so that the body remains healthy and grows for God's glory. In other words, nurture your relationships so they begin to grow. Now, have you noticed that nurture is like preventative maintenance? You can just put it right there. In other words, you can't wait for something to go wrong in relationships. You got to be preventative about it. You got to nurture it. Everyone look at me real quick. I know there's a lot going on. Look at me. You have to work on your relationships to keep them healthy. You have to communicate. I'm going to do it again. You, got, you have to text one another. You, you have to say, hey, you know what? You mean so much to me that in my life, with all that I have going on, I need to connect with you somehow in some way. Now, here's the great part. Some of you, you're what I call texting friends. In other words, you don't like to talk on the phone. You like to communicate through this, and that is okay. Some of you are what I call, we need to meet face-to-face friends. In other words, if it's not over food or coffee, you're out. You, you want to sit with someone and look at them in their eyes and have a conversation. Okay, then here's the thing. When you discover the most important relationships in your life, you need to set up a plan or a system, which I know is not a very popular word for non-OCD type A personalities. But you need to set time aside to say, you matter to me and we need to connect so we can keep working on this. Have you noticed, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but have you noticed that the marriages that you might look up to have you noticed that they never stop growing? I don't know if you've seen this before, but there's a couple of, uh, of, of couples, there's a couple of couples in, in my life that I look up to their marriage. And you know what I've realized about them? No matter how long they've been married, and this isn't a plug, although it can be, they keep showing up to marriage conferences. Some of the greatest pastors I know go to conferences every year. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've sat in conferences where I've said, this guy right here should be the one up there telling all these people down here what they should be doing. Some of the most brilliant minds that I know never stop learning. They never stop growing. And that is why things keep working. But what's crazy to me on the flip side, I'll just use marriage as an analogy, is the people that are saying, you know, we're just barely hanging on. I think we're going to make it. Sure hope so. They're not attending anything. They're not seeing a counselor. They're not reading books. They're not nurturing or working on the most important relationships in their lives. So can I just encourage you that as you begin to think about this message and about all of this, that you would begin to say, what are the most important relationships in my life? And then start nurturing them. And here's the reality. You have just as much time in your day and in your week as I do, as all of us. So how you steward your time in that is massively important. But if it matters to you, how many of you guys have noticed, if it matters to you, you do whatever you can to make it happen. So you've you got to do that. If your relationships are going to be good, again, no matter what type of relationship we're talking about, you need to determine which ones matter most and begin to work on them. Okay, the second thing is you need to restore relationships where possible. 
Now this one's a little tricky. Romans 12, 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And then watch, this. watch verse 18. Here's where it makes a turn. If it is possible. Everyone say if. And then it says this. As much as depends on them. Someone's a good reader in here. As much as it depends on, what's it say? You. Oh. I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude, but oh. It actually, it's my job. It's my responsibility. I've done this too. We've all done it. You're putting it on them. It's not on them. It says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Have you noticed you can't fix other people? Have you noticed you can't make them like you? Have you noticed you can't make everyone happy? Have you noticed that? Man. So here's the deal. I'm not trying to put that burden on you, but I am saying this. As much as depends on you, begin to restore relationships where possible. Don't be stubborn. Don't be immature. Don't go blaming them for what they've done. Initiate your part. Start fixing it. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. I share a lot about my mentor who's gone on to be with Jesus. I share a lot about him. I don't share this story too often, but I will in this scenario. I remember when we were living in, living in Stockton, California, that God was calling us uh, to move to the Central Valley. And I could remember asking him and his wife to come over to our house because we wanted to share some news with them. When I shared what God was putting in our heart to do, which was to go help start a church, a church plant with a pastor, I'm going to tell you what happened. You ready? He laughed. Literally looked in my face and my wife, and he laughed. Now, I don't know if you know this. Even mentors aren't perfect all the time. Sometimes they wake up grumpy. <laughs> A lot of times they wake up grumpy. They're not perfect. And he laughed at me. He laughed at my wife. And he began to give a list of all the reasons why we weren't hearing from God and why this was wrong. And it was a very tough thing to see. And I remember for two years, I completely, completely ignored him. And here's the thing, he never called me, and that hurt. Man, that hurt real bad. And as time went on, I came across this scripture right here. Because even though I was hurt by him, it didn't erase all of the good. See, some of us were really good at writing people off after one mistake. It's a big mistake. People aren't perfect. So I can remember I was in a parking lot in Visalia, California, and I said, I need to make sure that things are right, at least on my end. So that day I called, I had a conversation, and after I said my part, he said his part, and he simply said, Rich, I was wrong. He goes, you meant a lot to my son. I wanted you to continue to be his youth pastor, and I didn't know how to take it. And we reconciled. 
It's a beautiful thing. But that day, I didn't call for him to say, hey, I was wrong. I called because as much as it was to me, I needed and was being led of the Lord to place a phone call. I'm saying that for some of us in this room, I get number two is a very, very tough point. Because right now, the person begins to come up in your mind. But if it is according as unto you, and God is leading you, and you can't escape it, it's probably a good sign that it's time to deal with it. And here's the great part. You don't got to do it alone. God will be with you when you do it. Does that sound good? All right. Now, number three is going to completely go the opposite. You got to walk away from wrong relationships. Now, it may seem odd to talk about severing a relationship right after talking about restoring relationships, but the truth is there are times when a relationship needs to be severed. I'm going to make sense of this quick. There are relationships that are simply not good for you, and there will be times where you have to draw a line and walk away, and it might just be for a season, or it might be forever. But sometimes you, you, you have to walk away. It might be a relationship that tends to take you in a bad direction in your life. Get rid of it. It may be a toxic or abusive relationship. Walk away from it. It may be a relationship that by its very nature is not God-honoring. Walk away from it. You, you need to sever that. And again, it could be for the time being or it could be forever. But if, if it falls under those categories, you simply got to get away because it's not pushing you. The Bible says a lot about this. Let me just give you a few. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous should choose friends wisely or carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. 2 Corinthians six fourteen. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness. Now, that does not mean that you cannot be friends to sinners. The word yoked means common fellowship. So it means don't be so close to an unbeliever that you share in their lifestyle. Does that make sense? It's a very confusing thing for some. So how, how do I reach people? I'm supposed to stay away from them. It's not what it's saying. It's saying that you have to watch your circle. And it's saying that if you start to act like them and pull away from your Christian values, that that is a harmful friendship and you need to let that one go. I'm going to say something very carefully here, but I, I mean it. And I mean it in love. If you're upset with me, don't be upset with me. Be upset with God and his word and the Holy Spirit. Cool? Okay. Because it's his word. We, we live in a culture that simply says this, we can live together as Christians, but we don't need to get married. I'm going to tell you right now, that's false. You need to get married. The Bible is very clear on that. Ooh, it got really tense in here real quick. And I want to say something to you. I'm not going to just leave you there. If you're here today and you're living with someone that you're not married to and you're sleeping together, this is not condemnation over you. Listen, I will take you to my office directly after this service and I will marry you. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm, okay, you guys, your pastor's really crazy. Ready for this? 
I'm literally thinking about literally putting something together that goes on Facebook ads for that very reason. <laughs> I'm going to open this church to anybody who wants to get married. And trust me, I'm going to have a conversation with them. I'm saying if they are godly people, listen to me. If they are professed Christians, live it. And let us help you. So I'm going to say something to you real quick. If that is you, no condemnation, let's have a conversation. Because the reality is, according to the scriptures, you're living in sin. And sin is the separator between you and a loving God. I've wanted to say that for so long. I was just waiting for the right time and for the Holy Spirit to give me a nudge. (laughs) Take it up with him. Serious. I want to help. See, what do, you, what do you mean with all that? What I'm saying is, is that if you're in something wrong, there's a way to make it right. And let us help you. I'm so thankful that some of you are smiling at me right now. I love you. He's been playing way too long. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Invest in relationships that will help you grow in the Lord. I think it goes without saying. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Everyone say safety. Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see the day of the Lord coming near. Friends, I'm here to tell you, relationships, they're vitally important. Relationships matter. And if you missed any of these points, you can pop onto the YouVersion Bible app. You can find them there. You can text that number. I'll send you the whole notes. But relationships matter. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit us at canyonhills.com.